pregnancy can be positive and negative. Not long ago, I heard of a young couple who apparently killed their child when it was born. Some questioned why they never considered adoption or abortion even. Why killing? Young couple, bright, wealthy, the world at their bidding. Why this tragedy? It is for them a tragedy as well as for the child. The pressure that Joseph felt when Mary was mysteriously pregnant is not that distant from our experience, from our personalities, or from our families. Years ago, in 1823, Thomas Jefferson wrote the following words, The day will come when the mystical generation of Jesus by the Supreme Being as his Father in the womb of a virgin will be classed with the fable of the generation of Minerva in the brain of Juniper. I guess presidents don't have clarity either. The Catholic Encyclopedia writes, There can be no doubt as to the church's teaching and as to the existence of an early Christian tradition maintaining the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. The mystery of the virginal conception is furthermore taught by the third gospel and confirmed by the first. You'll remember Larry King, quite active on television in the 90s and even the 80s. Talk show host was once asked who he would most want to interview if he could choose anyone from all of history. King said, Jesus Christ. And the questioner said, and what would you ask him? King replied, I would like to ask him if he indeed was virgin-born. The answer to that question would define history for me. And finally, John MacArthur wrote, The virgin birth is an underlying assumption of everything the Bible says about Jesus. To throw away the virgin birth is to reject Christ's deity, the accuracy and the authority of Scripture, and a host of other related doctrines that are at the heart of the Christian faith. No issue is more important than the virgin birth in our understanding of who Jesus is. If we deny Jesus is God, we have denied the very essence of Christianity. Pregnancy can be positive, and negative. For some here and in our near future, it is a subject of discussion. It is also a way in which, through procreation, God brought life to earth. 
In Mark 12, 25, Mark writes, When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Marriage is essentially for procreation. Not easily remembered in a playboy culture that you and I have been raised in. In heaven, there will be no procreation and no marriage. But God used a very human method to visit mankind through the infant Jesus. God loved us so much. He used a very familiar experience to reach us. His visit prompted my outline this week. I once heard a friend praying and said, Thank you, God, for visiting us. Visitation is critical. Visitation over the holidays with neighbors is so important. We prepare ourselves for visits of friends and family and with neighbors. And we put funds together for meals. A visit is very important. I think we have too few in our society, even in the church. One of the most often lamented comments that I have heard is, we just don't have enough visitors in our home. But that takes two, of course, doesn't it? It includes invitations. The Christian story is a story about visitation. And the first visit that's recorded in our text this morning is a visit of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, the Holy Spirit came to Mary. He paid her, according to the writer of Matthew, through the Holy Spirit himself, he paid her a miraculous visit. And we, of course, know that in Luke, the same visit is recorded. Some of the details between Matthew and Luke are a little bit different. But according to the story and according to the writers of Luke and Matthew, she had not known a man. That, there, that is, there was no intimacy between her and any man. She was a fiancé of Joseph, and they were waiting till their official marriage. In her community, she was considered married already. So she, was, she had a betrothed husband. But as the story unfolds, Joseph becomes greatly troubled. All the expectations of sexual purity that he understood and understanding of love were being destroyed. But God's love would not let go. In the midst of anguish, confusion, betrayal, Joseph loved her and covered for her. It's what you call a biblical cover-up. He decided to put her away without letting the information out. Quietly and secretly, he loved her. He did not want to take his rightful revenge. No longer, in that case, would a woman be stoned, as was earlier in Hebrew history, but her life would be over. It would be difficult for her to find another willing husband. But righteous Joseph had compassion, a model for us, the visit of the Spirit created a birth, not a usual birth, an act of creation not unlike the act of creation in Genesis. 
A creation that God the Son had become incarnate as unto a man like all of us, born of a woman. Consider the love of God for sinful mankind that brought this eternal plan to this place, this earth, at this time. Could have been any time, actually. And also be aware that it was not love alone that brought this plan to earth, but God's desire to deal justly with sin. Matthew 20 affirms Jesus is both God and man. Not either God or man, but both God and man. Not like the Hulk of decades past, but fully man. Why is this important for us this morning? He is fully God, that is, He's Emmanuel with us. Yet He's therefore without sin, perfect to go to the cross for us. Only God could go to the cross for us. Yet he was also man. And as a man, he could die on the cross for us. The second visit was from an angel. We find in Matthew 20, 1 verse 20. An angel came by to see Joseph. Luke 1 tells us it was the angel Gabriel. Could well have been the case. Consider the love that brought Joseph up to speed. That's a current term, up to speed in this event. What was Joseph to do? He was, his betrothed was pregnant. But God's love did not let Joseph go. Because Joseph was to play a vital role as the father of, that God chose for Jesus. God had a plan for Joseph, as he has a plan for you and for me. Joseph played a significant role in raising Jesus, being his earthly father. A father. What an honor to be the father of Jesus. And dads today, the honor you have to be a dad is no less important to the children you care for and know. Your prayers for your children need to be constant, disciplined, and always. Whatever your age, dad, no matter how serious a rift may occur between you and your teens, as some of you have, you need to realize that love will not let go. My, someone said my teenager finally found a stereo headphones that he'd been looking for for some time. He got a haircut. Someone else said, teenagers are people that you, uh, 
<laughs> make sure I get this right. Uh, crazy. Teenagers are, teenagers are people that you pay an allowance to for the privilege of living with them. And so some of you have them. You're parents of them. And they are your prayer priority all the time. What a privilege for Joseph to be the dad of Jesus. Some time ago, Dr. Billy Graham, when he was speaking in Madison Square Garden, offered these following suggestions to curb juvenile delinquency. And if I might add, the significant misuse of drugs in our lower mainland. Number one, take time with your children. Number two, set your children a good example. Number three, give your children ideals for living. And four, have a lot of activities planned. And five, discipline your children. And finally, teach them about God. We need such a love as parents and dads particularly that we do not let them go. Third visit that took place, as we find in Scripture, is the visit of God himself. The visit of God himself. Verse 23. And Matthew makes a reference, of course, to uh, Isaiah 7.14, a text that the Holy Spirit chose in Matthew to use a reference to God, Emmanuel, with us. Isaiah 7.14. Emmanuel, God with us. Also, John 1.14 says, uh, the writer to John says that God tabernacled Amongst us. The word tabernacled is a word that means he tented with us. Through Jesus, the coming of Jesus, God tented with us. Consider the love that brought us into this Christmas story this morning, and God paid a visit. God's love is so great that he will not let us go. He used all means to bring this love to us. He used people to bring this love to us. People like Mary and Joseph and Simeon and Anna and Elizabeth and Zechariah. He used husbands through all generations, according to Matthew 1. Husbands of all generations from Adam. He used writers to keep track of that genealogy. Emmanuel, God with us. God paid us a visit. For God's love will not let you go. And he still today uses people to remind us that he loves us. God still visits us through friends, through pastors, through teachers, through spouses, through Alpha. To get his love through to you and me. God visited this earth in an infant, Jesus and the prophecy from Isaiah was fulfilled when Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. What God planned from time immemorial, from the very beginning, occurred 
Because His love would not let us go. His love would not let you go. During the war, a man died, and his two friends were desperate. They wanted to give him a decent burial. They found a cemetery in a nearby city, a village actually, and it happened to be a Roman Catholic cemetery. And the dead man had been a Protestant. When the two friends found the priest in charge of the burial grounds, they requested permission to bury their friend. But the priest refused because the man had not been a Catholic. When the priest saw their disappointment, he explained that they could bury him outside the fence. So this was done. Later they returned to visit their friend at the grave, but they couldn't find it. They searched, they searched, and finally it led them back to the priest. And of course they asked him what happened to the grave. The priest told him that during that night, he was so unable to sleep because he had made them bury their friend outside the fence. So he got up and he moved the fence to include the dead soldier in the cemetery, to include the undeserving inside the fence. God's love demonstrated in the coming of Jesus in this divine act was a power that redeemed mankind and brought us within the kingdom of God. The same love that keeps us here today brings people through us back in to the fold in the kingdom of God. Through your testimony, through the way you live, through the things you say at work, through the way you function in your home, through the way you function on the road. God's love through the church is here to bring the world back within the confines of the kingdom. And the only tool he uses is redeemed believers Redeemed because of the work of Jesus. His life, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. That's the means, the only means, friends, that allows the Father God at this time to bring us, to bring the world, that sinful world, those desperate people inside the kingdom. Sometimes I ask, why am I still here? I could be gone to glory so quickly, so easily. Sometimes when others, when some of you think of health issues, you may think the same way. Why am I still here? For the sake of the lost? Not for my family, whom I love, and with whom I will spend eternity. Not for my sake, I am here. Life is great, I love it. But God does not keep me here because I love life. He keeps me here for one reason alone, for the lost outside the kingdom. We are here to assist the Father who will not let us go. He loves so much. He has an eternal mandate, a love mandate, to bring the lost home. His love is still as powerful today as it ever was. Believe it, friends.
with that love, he will not let the lost go. Maybe this morning your life is such, you say to me, George, the life I'm living right now is not, in my opinion, quite adequate because of the way I think or the way I speak or the things I do or the activities I'm doing. My Christian walk right now is not quite what it needs to be to be that witness for Jesus to be that witness for God the Father, to be that witness in the church. And as you with me conclude this message, this sermon this morning, you may be thinking with me by God's Holy Spirit, the same Spirit, the same Spirit that came to Mary, is evident and present within us, within this church this morning. He may be saying to you, the way you're living, the action you're taking, the bitterness you have, the distance you have with another person is such that your walk with me is not quite right to help bring the world into the kingdom. And if this morning the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, in a moment you will pray with me, please, to deal with that, to deal with whatever it is that seems to keep you this morning, friend, from a total submissive relationship with God the Father through the Holy Spirit and because of Jesus in your life. And in your own heart, you're saying, yes, George, there's something wrong. I need to confess that my life might be once again pure before the Father, that I might be used while I'm here to draw men and women by the witness of my life to understand who Jesus is when he came.